It hasn't been a week we were all hoping for for Albion as they take just one point from two big games. However, it's thrown up plenty of crucial talking points and we'll discuss them and more on today's Baggies broadcast. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury. And I'm alongside, as always, Albion correspondent, the ENS's main man down at the Hawthorns, Lewis Cox. Coxie, how are you, pal? I'm absolutely knackered after last night. <laughs> Johnny, emotionally I'm, drained. I'm well, Johnny, mate. I'm well. Sorry to hear you're emotionally drained. I am uh, a little <laughs> on the tired side as well. It's what? What is it? Less than ten hours since we uh, we were last with each other in person. Which, uh, as much as I love you, is far too soon, mate. So um, it is. But here, here we are. Here we are indeed. Well, as always, we've got lots to uh, lots to cram in. Um, goalkeepers, changes, contracts even have all been topics, big topics of conversation since we, we last met. Um, but we're going to start, as always, with our, our new section, not really new section now, Alternative Albion, which is our spin on, on Room 101, basically, where we put something from that Albion game or something over the last week uh, into the, the Alternative Albion. I'm going to call it the Alternative Albion Vault. That's what I'm going to do. You know, like on Room 101, where they put it in and they press the lever. That's what that's what I'm going to sort of imagine we do here. And after the game last night, I was a bit stumped about what to come up with. Could have put the referee's display last night. Yeah, it was pretty poor. Um, but what I'm going to put in is people calling for West Brom to go and sign Ben Foster on a short-term contract. Because I've seen it far too much. Far, nice. far too much. Nice, Johnny. Yeah, um, we'll talk about the goalkeeper situation and Griffith's performance and and, and dropping button again. Um, that'll be our next point as we as we talk about um, last night's display. But Ben Foster isn't going to come back to West Brom. If he is, I, like, I'm not going to go and say I'll do something, but because uh, I haven't got the ball. Yeah, for go that. on. What but, would you uh, do? Well, I did think of something this morning, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'll eat, uh, what's the classic one? Oh, I'll, you, eat me, I'll eat me at. If he does are you that, trying to say me. there's a chance? No, there's not a chance at all. Um, I'm just sort of covering myself, just that little insurance policy. Um, but it's not going to happen. Like you, Lewis said to me last night, there's more chance of Ben Foster playing for Leamington this season, probably, than there is playing for West Brom. As much as he was a great goalkeeper for Albion, just let it go. It's not going to well, you know, no, no disrespect to Leamington or Ben Foster, but he, he has been, uh, I can say, in contact with Leamington on, on uh, of course, his home. So I believe, yeah. So on, I believe. On social media. So, uh, there's been a bit of flirting going on yeah. there, but um, yeah, National League North, perhaps rather than Championship next, but but who knows? Yeah. What about Racing Club Warwick, Johnny? That was yeah, maybe that's where he, that's where he started. I might get a shout for Russell Holt to return to Albion, get the gloves back on. <laughs> the things going. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's our our little rant. Um, you watch now. Next week, injury to a goalkeeper or something, another goalkeeper. Ben oh, Foster, Ben Foster, emergency loan. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to move swiftly on to the talking points from from last night. Last night's game still sort of fresh in the mind, and we'll start. That was the major talking point of the evening: the goalkeeper situation in the build-up to the game. Um, David Button, you know, we all know Button had a poor display at Birmingham and uh, was at fault for both of the goals. Um, his selection was in question. Um, Carlos Corbran made some very interesting comments before the game. Um, it was it was one of them difficult to see which way it would go. I know you thought Button would start on the back of what Corbran said, Lewis. I sort of had a little hunch that that he might go with Griffiths from what he said, and he went with with Griffiths. Just in terms of the call, Lewis, 
I know fans have said it's the right call. Um, I think it was the right call personally as well for, for, for Griffiths and probably for Button as well. Um, I think it was a brave call personally. I think the easier thing would have been to leave Button in despite the, the mistakes at, at Birmingham. Because um, I think it saw that. I think it would have been braver for Steve Bruce when he was in charge to bring Palmer in earlier and he didn't. Um, mm. I thought I thought it was a big call. I thought it was a brave call. I understand what you're saying there, Johnny. Um, and I, I think you'll probably have thousands, thousands of Baggies fans screaming at their uh, listening devices. Probably, yeah. Probably so. That's where he doesn't know what he's on about. <laughs> but I, I, I do get what you're saying. I, I don't necessarily agree. To be honest, I think it, it was a big call overall, wasn't it? It was a big call going for Griffiths and it was a big call sticking with Button. It was sort of... Yeah. yeah. Not, not a lose-lose, but regardless of what the head coach went for, he was sort of putting himself out there to be shot at, really. And that's why I wrote in the preview. It was it was the sort of biggest call he'd faced so far, really, certainly in terms of selection at Albion. Um, and I, 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 like you, um, was glad and relieved to see that he'd gone with Josh Griffiths. Um, but it's still a still a risk, still a gamble, isn't it? I think we were saying, weren't we, pre-match when when the team news finally arrived in the in the press room, that the thing of going with Griffiths as as a young player, which as we know was the call the fans wanted, what easily ninety five percent you'd say of of Albion fans wanted to see a keeper change last night, probably more. Um, so by going along with that, I suppose both Corbran and Griffith Griffiths sort of have the, the grace of the the supporters, have the fans on, you know, on their side with that call. So regardless of how it went, if it went, you know, if it was difficult for Griffiths or he made a blunder and of course late on he did make an error, um, you know, there wouldn't necessarily be that that pile on that sort of cave in from the Hawthorns crowd, from, you know, online from supporters. Um, you know, and I suppose fans have got to understand now Unfortunately, this is a situation Albion are in in their goalkeeper department. Um, the injury to Alex Palmer has led to a situation where Buttons had another go and made big errors, and it's been sort of widespread loss of confidence in from the from the fans, and got to a position where a 21 year old's been, by the way, a very highly rated 21 year old has been thrust in for his debut. The um, head coach had to make that big call. When we were speaking with Carlos post-match seemed very confident on the call he made despite the the late error and um and Josh Griffiths he, you know, he's his shirt now um regardless of last night any you know Albion fans are gonna have to continue with that good grace to him and, and get behind him because it's a situation they're in look if it worsens disastrously then the free agent market is there you know if there is another injury maybe an emergency loan but that touch wood that doesn't happen and um you know there's, there's a reason why Griffiths has played 100 games at 21 there's a reason why he's very highly rated, and hopefully we, you know, we start and continue to see that. Yeah, what did you make of his his overall performance? Of course, at the end, you know, you saw he was visibly frustrated. You know, he, he got a hand to the, the free kick, and I think he and everyone else knows that, you know, he probably should have saved that. And probably nine times out of ten, he he probably does save it. But on the whole, his performance, I know he, he dropped the cross that he got away with early on, but for me, I thought he looked. A few fans have said he looked nervy on the ball, but I I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree more. I thought I thought he looked confident on the ball. I thought his distribution for the majority of the time was was pretty good. A couple of times he he was pinging balls out to the the wing and and he was more than comfortable to take possession and and start and build from the back. And 
I saw more more positive. Obviously, it's overshadowed by the goal at the end, but for me, I saw saw a lot of positives from Griffiths. There are a couple. There are a couple. Um, I don't disagree entirely, Johnny. There are a couple early on first half that he um, he sent into the stands rather than you know with his distribution rather than finding a, a teammate. That was a couple maybe within the first 20, 25 minutes, and that you know a couple were on edge by that. But I think the I, I suspect what supporters are talking about in terms of with his feet, it it was it was mostly flat, wasn't it, last night at the Hawthorns, let's be honest. It, you know, on the pitch, in the stands, every most about the night. But whenever Albion were were playing it from the back, as they do under the head coach, whenever Griffiths was involved with the centre rars with the full backs, it was very edgy, wasn't it? Full stop. And I think Yeah. That happens generally. It, that makes football fans nervous, regardless of who you support, really. I mean, I suppose unless you're Man City and it's Edison, who, who is probably a better outfield player than anyone in the Championship. But um, it, it makes fans edgy, doesn't it? However, my point is, this is what Albion do now and what have been doing for months under Corbyn. That's his style. Um, we've seen it under a few keepers now. Obviously, we've seen Palmer, we've seen Button briefly. Now we've seen Griffiths. This is what happens. Um Peters has been very good with it. O'Shea's been good with it in my book. And the fullbacks have been, I think, progressively better with it. But it was just very nervy and edgy last night. And I think the culmination of the keeper situation, the question marks and unease with the keeper scenario probably just built that all to a bit of a head last night. Did you say um, Blackburn played a part in that? Because Blackburn, you know, I thought Blackburn yeah. patches were good and, you know, they pressed quite high at times. And, uh, well, teams uh, are going to cotton on, aren't they? Teams, yeah. teams are going to put themselves right on Albion's centre-arse when the keeper's got the ball. Now, you, you see it when um, when the goalie's in possession at the minute for Albion. You've got both centre-arse on the corners of the six-yard box ready to take it that short. Um, it, it's quite, you know, it's, it's quite stark um, as, as styles go in that way. And uh, for, for my money, Albion been very good at it under Corbyn, but... And, and I'm not saying supporters are wrong and that I disagree with them, but it's it's the it's the normal general supporter feel to be nervous when their team's knocking it around their own penalty area, isn't it? Because, you know, well, it's obvious, isn't it? One slip and it's a goal, um, unfortunately. But that is the way. That is the way. And it's been largely successful under Corbyn. And I, I, I did hear from one or two people that, you know, and perhaps that ties in a bit with what we see last night. And and this is what I heard before the game, that perhaps the, the distribution side of it, the ball at the feet side of it, is not Griffiths' natural game and strength as a goalkeeper. Um, we saw you know, early last night, we sure saw some great saves, didn't we? Um, yes, he dropped the one cross, so remains to be seen how you know, how he handles balls into the box more regularly. And of course, the, the, the free kick at the end was, was the undoing that he should have saved. But... I think those departments of his game are said to be more natural than the ball at his feet. So given that's the way Corbyn plays, it'd be interesting to see how that develops and whether they can you know, hone that in training. But aside from kicking a couple into the stands, I thought, I, I honestly thought, like you, that he he used the ball well enough, passed it to his defenders well enough and, you know, lumped it when he had to. But um, yeah, Corbyn was quite, I'd say miffed at, at the end of the game, but with, with one late on where, where he thought the ball, the ball should have gone back to Griffiths and should have gone long to DK on the pitch before Blackburn scored. But but there we are. Um, yeah, mi- mixed debut overall, wasn't it? it? It was going very well, and it, it was so close, obviously, to that dream clean sheet. Um, you know, until the 89th minute, and I, I dare say you will have been you know, reliving that 
Ben Burrett and Diaz free kick, mm. you know, throughout last night and perhaps for the next couple of days, certainly until Monday night at Vicarage Road. Yeah, uh, just just one finally for me on um, on the sort of the situation and, and the goalkeeping situation. I thought, you know, I thought Carlos Corbrand's comments. We've said this before. He's always good value when he speaks to the press, Corbrand. And I just want to touch on on this. And we had a comment on social media praising David Button. Um, I think he, he went when he arrived at the ground. He went over and he signed autographs and spoke to fans and stuff. And he, he, he very pleasant, you know, from my gather, he's a really really great guy. Button, you know, take away what's happened in, in recent weeks, sort of on the field. Um, these were Corbrand's comments, you know, on his decision to go with Griffiths. He said it was a, it was firstly important to talk with David because it's true that his value as a person and as a goalkeeper is high. Um, it's true that the season has not gone as he would have liked. It's been difficult for him because he hasn't performed at the level that he has has to as a keeper. Um, he said he'll keep working with David and and, uh, and basically said there was a line at the end. Um, they now must keep working. David must show me I was wrong and Griffiths must show me I was right in the decision I made. It shows you that Paul Baran, you know, they're not just bland comments praising his character. He really means this, Corbrand, that Button does have a value, even though he's not on the side now, Button does have a, a value. Um, yeah. And it's, it's good to see, because I think, and even, like, you know, we know what social media is like, but, you know, he's copped a little bit of personal flack. You know, I know, I know you get on Twitter, and it's nothing that's, you know, extreme, but some people do go over the top, and, you know, the guy's a human being at the end of the day, and Corbrand can see that, Despite the fact that he's not in the in the eleven, he, he's still got a bit of a, a value. He shows what we've seen in recent weeks, how much he's how well he's thought of. And probably overall, it might be a good decision for Button that he's he was brought out of the side last night. Because like you say, you know, at the end Griffiths, you know, would have you know, should have saved that. But he might Button might not have got as much not leeway, but patience from Albion fans maybe mm-hmm. with something like that than than Griffiths did last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I think just on that, a most obvious recent example I can think is when, obviously after the Palmer injury and, and Button players on the Friday night against Coventry and gets the clean sheet, that big moment at the end where he caught the ball and, and the celebrations with his teammates. And then we see a video posted by the club of you know the dressing room celebrations and the goodwill towards him. That That's that, isn't it? That's how highly he's valued within the squad. And, you know, clearly, as Corbyn said, the rest of the Albion fans, you know, they, they see things, they read things, of course, they do online, you know, fans' views, they'd have seen you know, pelters he received throughout the season and they want their, their colleague and mate to do well and he, he did on that night, but um, obviously couldn't couldn't back it up at Blues, that's that's how it goes. Uh, but but you're right, Johnny, yeah. Um, you know, as, as Corbyn says, someone with, with huge value behind the scenes, you know, we, I mean, we get a little insight as that as press, but obviously fans aren't able to see that enough, but it was great that a fan you know, did experience that last night, as, as they said before the game, when, when Button gave them all the time in the world in what is, I'm sure, a difficult period for him. So, you know, credit to him for that. Just on uh, a few other uh, points on uh, last night, we'll touch one point on Blues, because that game wasn't too far away, even though we don't want to, or too far back, we don't want to dwell on that one. Um, Brandon Thomas-Sandy come in last night, probably Albion star man, worked his socks off, uh, went close from distance, almost got on the end of a couple of Wallace crosses. I thought he, he kept the the, the, the visiting centre house on their toes, certainly for the first hour of the game, very, very well. Is he, we, we, we've talked about that, we talked about it on our new Baggies Broadcast fan show last week, and we've talked about it as well, Lewis. Is he starting to become 
more of the the first choice. I, I I don't know. Don't know. You know. Obviously, he was back in last night. DK was the one who started previously, but it's it's an interesting dynamic that front line at the moment. We're not seeing what we'd expect from DK. Um, but I don't want to go too in depth about him because we spoke quite a lot about DK in recent weeks. But he's he's doing very well to try and make that start and berth his own at the moment. Thomas Asante, isn't he? Yeah. Well. I remember saying uh, to a colleague just around kickoff, it was actually Thomas Asante's first start since the ban, um, which was which was Chesterfield away, wasn't it? January, very early January the seventh, I think. And if you're looking at the league, it was his first league start since um, since before the new year, actually. Preston at the Hawthorns um, between Christmas and the new year, so that that's quite not not a surprise. Obviously, he missed what was it three games. And uh, you know, since then, and wasn't brought straight back in, was he following suspension? So it must be said, DK had had a run of starts, um, and perhaps that was telling for him. Perhaps that's a you know part of the reason why why DK looked uh, a little tired in in certain spells of games. Corban spoke on starting DK weekend after weekend. You know, with a, with a week's training in the middle, it's important to build him up. He needs to do that. But before Thomas Asante's suspension, we were seeing rotation, weren't we? We were seeing one in, one out, one in. And I have to say it was working well. It, it really was. Um, I remember a bit of Boxing Day, Bristol City, Thomas Asante coming off the bench, scoring that, that fine goal. And say then, as a result, he started the Preston game. Then the one after that, Reading in the new year, DK was back in, scores the winner. Um, and obviously Chesterfield, the, the afternoon of, Thomas Asante's ready. He gets that late equaliser there, doesn't he? And I... I was enjoying that rotation policy at the time, one in, one out. I think the natural feeling as a, as a football fan or onlooker or whatever is that you want consistency, you want a settled lineup as much as possible. If you flit in one in, one out, it means neither of them are quite performing enough to hold down a spot. But in this case, given, I suppose, Thomas Asante settling in at a level and certainly given DK coming back from such bad setbacks, it was working for Albion, in my opinion. It really was. Um, but when Thomas Santo was out, out the side for suspension and then out on the back of his suspension, I felt I felt it was sort of waning a bit for DK. Um, so it was no surprise to see Thomas Santo as one of the changes last night, along with Swift, um, Chalaba, of course, and, and the goalkeeper. I I was pleased to see it and I hope we see more of Thomas Santo starting. Now I don't mean every game as as a number one, as you say, Johnny, but I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see the in and out rotation back. I really would. I don't I don't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with seeing Thomas Asante start at Watford on Monday. I think he merited that last night. But if Corbyn wants to return to one in, one out, I'd be on board with that. However, it does have to suit the game. If if the head coach looks at it and thinks Thomas Asante is a better striker here for, for Watford, you know, he's going to, you know, what sort of forward he's like, runs himself into the absolute ground. You know, he, 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 he runs his... Uh, Watch him call it's off every every game. Yeah. Might be more suited for Watford away. I, I don't know, or, or he might think that DK's more physical presence might be more suited. But if if he was to return to that sort of rotation policy when Albion were flying, you know, I'd I'd be happy with that. I'm sure supporters would as well. John, as you said there, John Swift came back in last night. Started in the in the ten, moved out left at, at some point in the second half, and then I think sort of moved back in and drifted around. Um, I thought he was one of Albion's main creators. Last night, yeah, close with his overhead kick. Yeah, his free kick. I thought he just looked better than the Swift we'd seen in recent weeks, and uh, and and good to see him 
back in the, certainly at home as well. Wallace out wide, you know, I thought he did well in the first half. Wallace and, and Swift down the middle seems to cause more of a of a threat. I know Albion weren't overly threatening last night. It wasn't like a they had loads of chances, but just think personally for me, Swift Albion look a bit sharper certainly at home when Swift's in there. I don't know what you think. Got yeah, he had a knock, hadn't he? He was at ankle, uh, missed a game or two, and then was on the bench at Blues, wasn't he? Um, so, yeah, I suppose feeling his way back in, but Albion had, had obviously since signed Albrighton, um, and, and we'd seen Albrighton and, and Dean Garner on a flank with Wallace Central, but, yeah, I was pleased to see Swift back in, and I thought I thought he was good last night. I thought I thought Wallace, but definitely more so Albrighton, were, were quiet. Certainly, O'Brien's had a couple of quieter games in a in a row now after a bright debut. Been quite looked quite off it at Blues and, and last night I thought, but that's not to he can't sort of return with a flourish. But Dean Garner from the bench was sharp as well I thought, and he drew sort of praise from Corbrand for that cameo. Uh, but Swift as as of the attackers of the three behind Thomas Asante, I thought Swift was was the better and um, busy wasn't he? And as you say, sharp and involved with a lot of what Albion did good on another day quite quite easily of. Um, got on that score sheet the overhead kick was quite quite the effort wasn't it so um yeah hopefully you know back in the side post this little little niggle little setback that saw him out of the team you know hopefully he can just build up a little bit of a head of steam a bit of form you know get involved in the goals and assists like he sort of had begun to um before any injury you know he, he was a he was an important part of, of of a good run under Corbin I know we saw Rogic at times but um well, yeah, I think perhaps other than last night, I think when Swift is playing well, I'll be in a, a large, you know, by and large, doing well and, and scoring and winning games. Briefly, before we touch on some news points and some stories from the last week, um, and Carlos Corbrand's contract, because we haven't brought you a baggies broadcast since the start of last week, and there's been, and that that's also happened since uh, since the last time me and Coxie were on a were on a pod. But just one nod back to Blues, um, and it's again, it's more praise for for Corbrand. Um, really, despite what had happened, thought it was quite refreshing to hear him come out and not just say the defeats on me. He did point out the errors, but he also pointed out that even though he had to go and look at players' individual performances, he had to go and look at his own individual performance because he said Alvin just didn't have the answers to break Birmingham down, despite conceding two goals. Mm. And I thought that he speaks about it quite in depth and quite in a way where you think, you know, he actually means it and he is actually going to go away and look at it and go, right, what can I do differently here? Yeah. Rather than I'm sure some managers going, right, what can those players do differently? Um, I thought it was just, just very interesting to see. Overall, you know, it's the first time I've come out of a ground probably feeling a similar feeling to I did under, under Bruce. Yeah, frustrating evening. I mean, the, the storyline ended up being David Button, didn't it, that night? Um, two goals. You know, Albion weren't good, but on another night could have got a nil-nil for an important point and you know plugged it and another defeat you know they're, they're sort of creeping in now he's just one win in five isn't it that Coventry win uh, on the back of last night's draw so just they're not as I said on the video last night I think they're not not in clicked into sort of top gear or they're not firing on all cylinders at the moment the the period of when they were winning regularly has, has dried up uh, as it was going to, as it was going to, it, you know, we can't kid ourselves and say it was going to go on and on and on. It just wasn't. I no. mean, Middlesbrough have managed that. Credit to them. Remains to be seen if they can continue it under Carrick you know, on from now. Um, they battered Sheffield last night, didn't they? And got a good old chance of that second spot now, you would say. 
Um, but Albion just been unable to, which is per perfectly understandable and acceptable. But they have to find a way to sort of ride this wave and, and get through this. Um, I would say the goalkeeper situation, the injury to Palmer is a, a big part of the situation they're in. But the form, you know, it peaks and troughs, isn't it? It, it was always going to um, to have a dip. And, and how Albion can recover and respond from this now is, is vital really to their playoff charge. Well, is it Watford and then that Middlesbrough game, isn't it? So I don't think Watford have been too convincing at home of late, I believe I'm right in saying. So there is a chance there, but Albion have been poor away, haven't they? They haven't got the results away that they've they've needed to for a little while. So I need to go there and really turn up away from home. Give the That's a rough old trip, isn't it? Watford on a Monday night. Fair play to the ones that, uh, that head down for that. And then... I mean, regardless of how Monday goes, you would say, because of how superb Albion have been at home, that Borough game is is monumental, isn't it? Borough, Borough, their form could hardly be better at all, could it? So, I mean, what a clash we've got there to savour. I mean, I can't remember the last Saturday three o'clock or Saturday oh, game. Albion it's had, been a while, it? Let it's alone been... a Saturday Hawthorns game. Uh, yeah, it really has been, been ages. Probably Rotherham. I might have missed one there. Um Obviously, dates are all over the place around Christmas, aren't they, and New Year's. But, yeah, the telly has once again messed with Albion supporters. Um, but, yeah, a couple of massive games. And Albion need a return from the Don. You, you, you're starting and looking at it and thinking these two games could really do with four points here against teams. Well, there's 15 games left now, isn't around them. So, you're starting to get into that final... It's weird saying final stretch because we're in mid-February, but, you know, 15 games of a... 46 game season you are into that. <laughs> yeah you are into that 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 last third aren't you so you know it's getting um it's getting important we're going to talk on a, a couple of news points that have come out over the last week coxie uh, albion fans would have seen prior to the blackburn game that um Kyle bartley um has been ruled out again for injury carlos corbrand says he's unlikely to play again until after the, the the international break at the end of next month following a further setback on a troublesome quad injury now coxie is this um is this just a sort of, as you, well, it's a setback, it says there, but is this, it's not a fresh injury, from what we can gather. It's it's no this one taking a while to, to clear up. You yeah, know, he's had another... a couple now, a couple of setbacks where he, yeah, he's been close, Bartley, to, to getting back in the side. Uh, he's been in, you know, full training, but just well, the way we've had it described to us is, is felt pain, felt something wrong. So being for checks, and obviously, this latest one has, has highlighted another, another issue, which is a it's a blow. Again, I was saying to a colleague in the press box last night, Johnny, that he's 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 missed Barley, regardless of how yeah. well O'Shea and Peters have done, and they've done spectacularly well. Especially, uh, O'Shea's been brilliant for me of late, really, really good. But word, you know, for Peters playing in not an alien role, but an unnatural role to have done as well as he he has done. I know we spoke on this before. Is is quite impressive to say the least. Um, but the one thing Albion don't have without Bartley is that dominance in either box. And and I mean, more so in the opposition box, if anything. Just to said to someone last night, with Bartley on the side, you're going to get at least one headed chance from him. From a, a long throw, from furlong, from a corner. Swift deliveries have, have been on the money. They were, they were good last night. I thought Bartley's going to attack those. And what was it? The, the last game Bartley played before the World Cup, Stoke, the last game Albion played before the World Cup, when... Albion were flying and, and brushed Stoke aside. Bartley scored, didn't he? But he could have had four. Yeah. I mean, that was that was Stoke's inadequacies as as well. But such a threat, and and obviously that's useful defending his own box as well. But he does bring that. And and I remember you asking me a couple of weeks ago, 
on one of these. Um, would you have him back in the side? And I sort of sat on the fence, you know, it's harsh on Peters, and it is, but you can't sort of underplay what yeah. what that threat brings just in terms of a, a goal threat. You know, Albion aren't flush with goals, are they? They don't, you know, don't have a runaway top scorer or they anything like that. They don't they haven't scored many of late, and Bartley would make a, a big difference. So for him to have that setback, what what did the manager say? Five, six weeks, it's looking like that international break at the end of March onwards. I mean, you do, you just don't know, do you? You don't know how the next return to training is going to be. And you, you start to wonder how many matches is Bartley going to play again this season. I, I don't want that to sound dramatic. And hopefully that is a worst case scenario. Um, but you just fear it's getting towards that way, don't you? I mean, remember when he was in the World Cup break, he triggered the contract extension, the, the extra year. Yeah. And now here we are, you know, we'll be heading into March, perhaps even into April before seeing him again. So um, a blow, a blow, because he, he does, regardless of what, you know, some might have certain views, he, he brings some of the, you know, I mean, don't quite have without him. No, no, I agree. Uh, one more other point we're going to touch on, because it, it, this feels like so long ago, now, but it what it has been since our, our last Baggies broadcast, that Carlos Corbett had signed his, his new contract extension. It was sort of a lot of the chat we had on the on the previous episode. Coxie was a, around the Leeds interest. Jesse Marsh had gone from Leeds, and, and was he was Corbrand going to be enticed by Leeds? He wasn't. He he signed a new contract the next day. What I'm going to say, and I'm very sorry to this person for not remembering their name, but Albion did tweet this. Any Happy Valley fans out there? The way that Albion sort of teased that Corbrand had signed a new contract was absolutely sensational. Wins Twitter for the year for me, of the clip of the, the main Catherine, uh, the main uh, character on Happy Valley, Catherine, saying, uh, why is everyone saying you're going to Leeds when you're not? Well done, Admin. And I thought, yeah, well done, West Brom, but well done also to the fan. I, I haven't got the chance at the moment to go back through and find out, but it was originally tweeted, tweeted it, by it? a fan and, yeah. and Albion did credit the fan. I thought that was absolutely sensational strangely um, johnny i've got a strange anecdote on this as well sorry to butt in mate um obviously the contracts announcement was late at night wasn't it and um me and the the better half started this current we're, we're big happy valley fans and you know watched the first couple of series live so well in tune with it but for whatever reason we're late with this series and um I think maybe the day of the core brand announcement or perhaps the day before we just started this new series and we'd got through two eps so so they had the core brand announcement on the night which right which rather uh butted in with our um our tv watching for the evening but anyway we it just so happened that the next day we watched episode three which at the very start was that scene so i you know i'd after being so admin spoiled the next episode for you well but yeah the, the end of the second yeah. They'd just met in that cafe. People who haven't watched this one have a God in house clue yeah, what we're yeah, going on about. What are going on about? Stop Some probably think we chat nonsense most of the time anyway. Well, yeah. you know, that's that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they'd just gone to the cafe. So and and then then the glorious scene arrived in episode three and it was like, yep, there's there's Carlos. He's yeah. done he don't fancy leads, despite despite naughty Ryan going to see uh, Tommy Lee Royce in uh, in court, but you know, no more spoilers. <laughs> Uh, but just on it, you what know, a series, great, by the way, mate. What a cracking end to the series! Unbelievable, unbelievable. Almost as good as uh, as Albion's decision to give Corbrand the <laughs> the extended contract. You know, we we talked on the video last week about what Carlos Corbrand said about you know how he was humbled and grateful that Albion had made this move. Um, I just want to just acknowledge, really, in all the 
off the field stuff, you know, this is probably, you know, you can question stuff with the owner and stuff, but for the chief executive, you know, he's made some really good decisions over the last year at Albion. You know, obviously all the owner stuff is nothing to, not his calls. But this is, given the whole situation of the club, this this decision is just superb. You know, it's it's not, it wasn't knee-jerk on the back of Marsh being sacked by Leeds. This has been in the offing for a while. They've probably smelt that there's a little bit of interest around Corbran um, and they sort of open talks with him. And it's just a great decision, you know, and I've mentioned on that video, I think it was on the video or online, Corbrand probably won't see out the four years if he carries on like he is because another club will come and get him. But what Albion are protected now, aren't they? They're protected, but they've also got a manager that, like Gourlay said, has got integrity and loyalty. And, you know, from Corbrand's point of view, he probably does see it as a four-year project. Yeah, or, we said four year, when we were speaking about it in the last pod, you, you we were speaking about it heavily, as you say, weren't we? And, and we mentioned that integrity and, and honour and, and loyalty. And I was kind of... I was pretty confident the head coach was going nowhere. However, you always think in the back of your mind, yeah. mm, those those words could come back to bite me on the, the backside. But um, yeah, I was I was pretty sure. So so I was I was pleased when he when he signed on the dotted line. And um, I don't know. Perhaps Leeds wish they'd have pursued it a bit harder, if possible, right now because they're uh, still the very managerless, uh, aren't they? And having a bit yeah. of a mare as are Southampton. But you're right. I it's. It's spectacular news for Albion, really, just in terms of you know, a layer of protection financially, isn't it? Whenever anyone comes in, you know, and, and if clubs do continue to come in further down the line, then Albion are, are doing well. You know, they're in the in the right area of the table, and and but hopefully this this news is will be the season seen out now by Corbyn. I think that's what we all expect now, and um, yeah, and who knows how that's going to go? You, you know, obviously we've had a, a little wobble in the last. Sort of five games, you'd say now we've just one win, and I guess for for Corbrand to remain hot property, um, you know, I suppose he'll need to you know, get get form together that launches Albion back towards the top six. That's that's what everyone wants, and um, you know, if 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 playoffs are landed and if they bring success, and if that brings speculation in the summer about the head coach's future, well, I think we'll probably take it, won't we? Yeah, yeah. Just on that. I saw a you scroll through Twitter and all Albion related stuff comes up from fans and you can't take Twitter with a pinch of salt, but saw some one Albion fan who wasn't happy that he'd seen another Albion fan last night who tweeted that Corbran had been found out or his honeymoon period was over. Um, which made me which made me sort of chuckle. But um but on the whole, good news that Corbran signed a new contract, despite the, the recent run, he's he's produced a miraculous turnaround for Albion. One final bit before we go on to Catlin Toaster Man adverts. I know you love that, Baggies fans. And then the questions. Uh, I just want to send the Baggies broadcast best wishes to Martin Kelly. Uh, went out and loaned to Wigan in the in the window. Um, put a man of the match display in it on his debut last week for Wigan, but suffered a, a season-ending injury, knee injury, uh, which is a cruel blow for for Kelly. who only played a handful of times for Albion and only played a handful of times in recent seasons um, because of injuries. Um, so really, really gutted for for him, and and I do wish him all the best in his in his recovery. Um, yeah, not nice to uh, to see anyone at a, at a length range. So all the best to uh, to Martin Kelly. Right, time for an advert. As always, as you know, the Baggies broadcast is sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man in Briley Hill, the place where you can get all your 
household products, kitchen products. You can even just get so much there. You can go there and do a big shop. You can get so much to kit your house out. Uh, one thing we're going to look at today, I know it's we're still in sort of that early January phase. I know you've been back in the gym, Cox. You're trying to get fit and be healthy. You know, people are on these sort of diets and different things. And if you go over to the Kettle and Toaster, man, you can get yourself, get your hands on a range of blenders. I know they're good when you're on a diet. Uh, you can get a Tower Personal blender, an 800ml silver blender for just £18. Um, that's just one of many products they've got over there um, on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. So you can head in store to have a look at their products or if you want to have a, a scan about online, head to the thekettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Just quickly on that, Johnny, the, the, the Baggies uh, press lounge pre-game is doing... Well, and, and mid-game is doing nothing for, for said uh, health oh, no. of ours. Is the, huge news last of, night. I know there's plenty of fans that, that, that like uh, that like to know what we eat before the game. What, you, go on, Cox, you describe it. You're, you're, you always get excited by the pre-game food, don't you? <laughs> I do, I do. It, it, was, um, it was a nice number last night, wasn't it? Tri, tri, I think the menu described it as trio of British sausages. Yeah, they were good. And... Um, so, so it, was, it was it was a good portion, wasn't it? No no but, complaints about no, that. It was. The absolute huge shout out for the the Albion mash um, is never never anything short of spectacular, isn't it? Zero lumps, absolutely no lumps. But Happy um, Valley and mashed potatoes. That's what but the, 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 the real winner <laughs> last night, Johnny, as oh, as you yeah. well know, was the surprise dessert option. Huge, huge development. Um, lovely little crumble number wasn't it with some yeah. with some custard but um yeah that, that that'll do you for your um for your press food chat for the weekend and the lovely halftime pie of course not to yeah. be forgotten although for a for a little story as well you mentioned them halftime pies i've had to use some tactics in the press room um this week <laughs> because last our last home game i can't recall it was against the commentary game so i got it at halftime i i tend to drink a lot of coffee before a game so by halftime i really need to go to the toilet so i come back in the press room I went straight to the toilet. I was like, oh, I had a, had a glance over. There was no halftime press food because sometimes it's a bit spread. It can be sporadic at Albion, um, which you can't complain about because we eat for free. Went to the toilet, came back. Everyone's got a pie in their hand and the plate's empty. So by the time I'd gone to it, was it must have been like someone had chucked a chip down at the seaside and just loads <laughs> of seagulls. Journalist, journalist looking seagulls. I can neither confirm nor deny I was part of that. Yeah, pack. yeah. Um, so last night I was like, right, I need a toilet, but I'm having me pie first, toying around. Lo and behold, the girl behind the counter sort of stood there for a while, and then she sort of leant down and lifted up this tray of pies. Oh, the eyes, sets of eyes lit up in the Hawthorns press room. It's like Always no good had, to learn. It's like no one had been fed. It's like no one had been fed for months. Um, <laughs> but they do, I think it's just the fact that they do taste pretty good. So, As you said uh, at halftime, we, we never need them, but... No, we never need them. No, no, but, you know... Never want to turn down uh, a free uh, a free snack. Uh, right, we'll head over to the questions now because I'm getting hungry. Um, question from Alan Love. Will Carlos Corbran <laughs> be starting a rebuilding programme now or will he wait till the end of the season? By that I mean identifying possible additions and who he should try and move on. I'm assuming we'll miss out on the playoffs. Alan, we're two points off the playoffs. <laughs> I know the goalkeeping situation at the moment. We're two points off the playoffs. I think That's Millwall very got... glass half empty, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think Millwall have got a game in hand. Um, there's 15 games to go. There's so much can happen between now and the end of the season. Although, you know, yeah, there might be people at the Hawthorns, maybe, you know, everyone's got a long-term plan. Um, who may be looking at in the summer contracts, etc. who might go, who might stay, given if we're in the Premier League or the Championship, you know, that happens at clubs. But 
Carlos will have his eyes on the next game. And he'll yeah, have course, his eyes on yeah, the game yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. After that but, one's but, happened. But he will, you know, he will have half an eye on. Yeah, you know, of course he knows the situation with contracts in the summer. Yeah. He'll know the situation with targets who are out of contract in the summer. He'll know which players he'd like to bring to the club if they're in the championship, if they win promotion. So it is it, it is and will and does go on. And he'll be seeing and speaking with Ian Pierce. And I dare say Ron Gourlay regularly on that front. But look, from a <laughs> as you say, 15 games. And uh, in from what I, I know of him and from what I hear from others who are closer to him, is very much Mr. The Next Game, Carlos Corbin. And that's a, a cliche that, um, that that can bore people, but it's very much the next game. He will not care about who's in two games' time. He will not care about Borough. You know, it is all Watford right now, um, which I think is a good um, a good way to, to run. Yeah, I want to see you come back next week, Alan, with another question. More positivity, come on. Come on, we're only two points off the playoffs. Uh, but thanks for your question all the same. Uh, Steve O'Walton, what's happening to our forward players? And they're not, no, I think he meant to say, non-existent goals, costing us games. Um, yeah, Albion haven't got an out-and-out player who scored, you know, who's, you know, you see clubs who've got leading goal scorers on sort of 15, 20 goals. You know, uh, Trevor Akpom at, at Middlesbrough, prime example. Albion haven't had that. Goals have come from elsewhere. But I'm sure, yeah, Thomas Asante and DK, you know, would have wanted more goals. The fans would, Paul Brown would, but... I wouldn't say it's costing us games, to be honest. I think if you look at last night's game, if Jason Malumbi doesn't give that ball away in midfield, and, and I'm not going to berate Malumbi because he's been great this season, but if he plays a firm pass into Furlong or he clips one down the channel, I'll probably win that game. But ditto if Furlong wins the ball or, yeah. you know, if, yeah. if, if Griffiths... And Birmingham, Birmingham Friday, if, you know, if Button's set up better for the free kick and, and maybe claims that cross... You know, there wasn't any other, hardly any other chances at St Andrews. I've been getting a point. That's four points from two games. You know, it's it is fine margins. So I don't think. But the point stands, doesn't it? That there's not a yeah, there's, not there's a something goal. There's not a regular goal scorer, no. and they've had you know the, the strikers have had to share. And what Tom Sante's got one yeah. or two more than DK, I think. But they're not you know they're not flying away in the top scorer charts. But um, I, I I haven't got the table loaded in front of me, but I dare say Albion aren't right at the top of the. The scorers list this season. It's um, it's certainly under Corbyn that it's been about not conceding as much as um, as much as scoring, hasn't it? So, so yeah. But look, it, it will be good to see DK and Thomas or and or Thomas Asante uh, just get another one to get themselves going again soon. Hopefully Monday. But um, I understand the question. But yeah, it's I've been clearly in 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 a season where it's it's not about that that one man, that leading man, you know, reaching twenty goals. Yeah. Another question. Do you think the lack of a decent backup keeper has or will scupper hopes of a playoff position? Um, that's a that's a big question. Um, I don't know what you what you think, Coxie, but I think if Albion do miss out on the playoffs, it's not going to be solely laid at the door of the goalkeeping issue. Yeah. There's a, there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of sort of things in play for that. It might be one of them. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think we've got to give we got to give we've got to give young Griffiths a chance. Do you know what I mean? I, I saw a lot of people slagging him off online last night. And as we always say, social media is a cesspit. You know, the question questionnaire is not sort of slagging him off. But you've got to give him a chance. He's only going to get better. He'll he'll benefit from last night's display. You know, and what we forget is, I think I said to you, Palmer was ruled out for five or six weeks. Um, we're probably two with a bit into that. Two weeks into that. Two yeah. into that. So, you know, 
you'd like to think in a month's yeah. time, probably Palmer's probably going to be back. Hopefully, conservative estimation after that international break, which yeah. which still leaves you know a number of games left of the season to go, and hopefully I'll be in a well positioned by then. But I think the goalkeeper situation of the campaign generally um, will have played a big part to Albion's season. Um, Button had a, a good long run at the start, didn't he? And it took Steve Bruce a good while to to opt to take him out of the side for Palmer. Um, I think the majority would would agree that Steve Bruce would have done himself a favour making that change earlier. And it could yeah. have changed the end of, of his tenure, maybe, due to due to the impact Palmer had. But no, it was it was tough for Button. Um the stats as well were, were going against him, but you know it, it then swings again, doesn't it? With a Palmer injury, mm. Albin built up ahead of steam again to what Jan Feb, and it swings again. You know, half a dozen weeks out for Palmer, so you know, it's led to the situation it is now with Button and Griffiths, and yeah. Albin as we speak, trying to trying to find and feel their way through this. You know, they've had to recall a, a young keeper from the third tier out on loan, and he's come in last night, done largely well, but. Yes, been at fault for a late equaliser, but he's the man now. He's for the next few weeks, and certainly until Palmer's back, Josh Griffiths is the man. And and I agree with what you said there. He's gonna and Corbran said as much last night. He's he's gonna build from that last night, learn from those, learn from what he did well, learn from what he did badly. It's his first senior game for Albion. Um, he's played a lot of football. Let's let's remember he's played for a big club in Portsmouth, and he's played a lot of lot of football for Cheltenham and Lincoln as well. So. He played. He played at Spurs in the FA Cup for for Portsmouth just before his recall, which which Corbran you know sort of referred to. He's not a, a shrinking violet. He's not you know not been there and done it. He has been there, albeit further down the pyramid, and um, you know needs to show in these games coming up that back up what the club believe in him that he's ready. Mm. And I'm you know I'm hopeful and sure he will. A couple more questions before we just have a, a little tip of the hat towards uh, towards Watford and we wrap up. Um, I was impressed with how the front three of Wallace, Swift and Albrighton were fluid in all interchange positions last night. But do you think there is scope to start both DK and Asante in the same team with DK the lone forward and San- Asante somewhere in that three? That It's a very interesting point and thanks for your question. I, I don't know. I can't recall DK and Asante starting in the same t- side. They've played together Substitute appearances: Birmingham last week, Bristol City. Uh, sorry, Chesterfield in the home le- home game in the original tie. But I don't think they've started alongside each other, have they, Coxie? No, I don't. I don't believe they have started. No, together, get, is and, that that seems like an option that Corbran is not maybe not in favour of? But from what we've seen through his selection so far, we can only gather that he prefers to start with that lone striker and uh, and sort of more behind, you know, in that in that area behind. Yeah. Um, I, Possibility, yeah, I agree. Great question, Johnny. Um, Thomas Sante is a centre forward, isn't isn't he? Like DK yeah. and, and Corbin hasn't played two up top, and that's the simple answer as to why we haven't seen it from the off. Certainly, it's happened from the bench when Albion need a goal. But I do think Thomas Sante more so than DK because of the type of forward he is. I could see him slightly deeper, or maybe out on the left. Now, I think Albion, he could play anywhere across that front, that that three yeah, the, the, yeah, like, wide or, or down the middle. He's got do, he's got yeah. it in his locker. And he's running. He's he's hard running. Uh, like we spoke of, of Wallace playing in the role before deeper than DK. We'll take him beyond that front man anyway, and he'll join up in into attacks. I think he's got sort of technical whereabouts 
with him to to handle the role to to link play. Um, I think it would be a very interesting prospect to be honest. Um, but in the last few weeks, we've seen all Brighton join that collective, haven't we, and, and become another good option for having in that that free that those front three roles. I mean, Tom Rogic, who had a little bit of a run before Christmas, didn't he, and, and got his goal and a couple of assists. It's nowhere to be seen now, is it? I mean, he got he had missing with a knock yesterday, but not in the 18 before that. So um, there are a few options, but I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing Thomas Asante there. Certainly, I think it's a good shout, and um, it'd be nice to see them strike up a little bit of a uh, a pairing on the pitch, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, it's um, something hopefully we might see in there in the future. Final question from Sunil Patel: As our clean sheets dry up, are potentially also our chances of making the playoffs? We seem to be struggling to hit the back of the net regularly at the moment, which you touched on. Uh, what's the remedy? Do we need to be more adventurous, Carlos? By his nature, seems to be a, a caution first type of boss. It's an interesting point, but you look at last night, Furlong's had the best chance of the game in the first half, which, you know, either side of the goalkeeper and Albion are ahead. Um, there's been a few dangerous crosses where the defender's done really, really well. Just, you know, and Asante is virtually a tap in for Asante. Swift has had a chance, you know, the Malumbi one at the end. Albion weren't short of goals. Malumbi hit the post. Mulby at the post. It, there wasn't a mountain of chances, but they weren't short of of goal scoring opportunities, were they? And and on another day, some of them could have fallen in. I think I think it would be more concerning if the chances weren't there. I suppose, like under Bruce, the chances weren't there. But it's a it's a valid point from yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, um, it's a fair question. I think I think it harps back to the point we were talking about five or ten minutes ago. You know about you know not having a sort of yeah, uh, 15, 20 goal leading striker. I've just loaded the championship table up actually, Johnny. Just while we're, you know we've been on this subject a fair bit, Albion have scored 10th place. Albion scored 40 goals. Um, it's not particularly low, I have to say. Um, only a couple of teams below them have managed uh, a couple more goals, and um, and there are a few teams above them, you know, in the top top seven, top eight, who haven't scored as many goals as that. You've only got your you sort of not run away, run run away. Sorry, top three of Burnley, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, and and one other in in Sunderland who have, and Norwich have scored more than Albion. So it's not it's not particularly stark or staggering that Albion are, are low scorers, but it just feels it a bit of late, doesn't it? I suppose that's that's why you're right about the clean sheets. Chad become experts at that, and they either side of sort of the World Cup break, right, the New Year, um, got to find a way to get back to that. And and I'd I'd back Corbran to to do that because yeah. it was the it was it it was the bedrock of of what they were doing so well and it was um, it was setting themselves up for for that, those great winning runs so um, the sooner they can get back to those shutouts the absolute better and let's be fair until Ben Brereton Diaz thumped in that free kick <laughs> it, it, we'd forgot what it was like to see an opposition team score at the Hawthorne. No. thirteen hours you know just. A, Minutes from a new club record, which would have been quite something. You know, you have to remember that, that at home, Albion have been impenetrable, which is mightily impressive. But there, there are issues on the road, aren't there? We we can't hide that. There are issues away from home, and uh, no better place to sort that out than Monday. No, certainly. Uh, thanks for your questions, Albion fans. Some really, really good um, analytical ones in there. Really appreciate appreciate you taking the time. Do get them in uh, next week. We'll be recording sort of midweek next week. So. Um, to get them in next time. Right, finally, you mentioned there about Watford, Cox. It's going to be a tough game um, going up against Slavin Bilic again. Um, it would be nice to see. There'll be no room for sentiment. Albion will be wanting the three points. Um, it'll, 
Albi, as you said, Albion have had issues on the road. Be some place to go and turn it around, wouldn't it? And uh, and get back to to winning ways on the on the road because three points there would feel like almost more than three points given Watford's position. Would. Yeah, definitely would, Johnny. Um, very tricky game on paper, isn't it? Let's let's pull no punches there. Watford a six, which is lower than you would think they would expect to be. Um, but I do remember seeing and reading. I was just trying to have a look at it now, actually, that their their home form at Vicarage Road of of late hasn't been hasn't been brilliant. Um, in fact, their form in general, they've not won in in five have Watford, and that's just one win in seven, I believe, just two in ten. It looks like as well. So they're you know, they're they're far from flying, our uh, our Watford. Which yeah, and and you make a good point about obviously Slav and 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 that sort of reunion um, mm. there. There's a lot of a lot of emotional connections there, aren't there? A lot connected with Albion, who still have a lot of time for the former manager, who will, you know, will be looking forward to seeing him. But they'll know, of course, know all about what a, a Billich side is about, know what to yeah. expect. No, given Watford, I'm surprised he hasn't been sacked already. I'm not saying no, he shouldn't be sacked. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. He, he, this, is what I mean? Sort of, this is long-serving territory <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at Vicarage Road, isn't he? <laughs> Probably deserves a, never mind a former medal for still being there. Full stop. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, I you know I didn't um, I didn't cover Albin and under Billich. I'm looking forward to seeing um, how the night pans out, how how he is um, in the presses and stuff because I, I know that those can be lively. But um, but yeah, no, it's been an interesting evening on a on a on a few fronts. Um, Albin have lost three in a row away from home, and uh, and even some wins away. You know, I think Sunderland, I think Luton, having to come from behind, starting games poorly on the road, not not quite settling. I mean, Chesterfield. Would have been another defeat away, wouldn't it? But for Thomas Asante in the last seconds, so quite a bit of narrative there. Given Albin's struggles on the road, given Watford's struggles, sort of full stop, and and in front of their own fans, you know what will it be? As it stands, six against tenth. Um, obviously, there'll be games the weekend before Monday night, but um, two playoff chasers meet once more. Wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if these are two of the sides in the playoffs come come May. So uh, a big night, Johnny, and we shall be there, of course. We will indeed. It wasn't always going to be easy and plain sailing under Carlos Corbran, but we can't be greedy. Uh, as Lewis has said, if they'd have had a shutout last night and won, it would have been a, a club record. Uh, but this week has been a bump in the road with Wednesday and Friday and the results. Now we need to head to Watford and we have a reunion with Super Slav and Billich, but hopefully Albion can get one over on their former boss and get back two winning ways on their travels. Baggies fans, have a great weekend. Um, wherever you're going to be, no Friday game, no Saturday game. So wherever you're going to get your football fix, hope you enjoy it. Um, thank you very much, as always, for listening to the Baggies broadcast. And until next time, from me and Coxie, boing, boing. <laughs>